Fasten your seatbelts. I bid you well. Welcome. All right, all right, all right. Keep your friends close. Nobody's perfect. To the Every Movie Ever podcast. Welcome to the podcast Every Movie Ever. Good. The following episode contains spoilers. Every Movie Ever podcast. Why so serious? I am serious. And we're going beyond me. Don't be scared. Hello everyone and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. And uh, before before we ask what we're doing, let's ask the more important question of, of how we're doing. Although I do need to point out, you, you did change the cadence of your name there into Ben Groves. I did, I did. It's my, uh, it's my new business card name. Ben Groves. It's funny how just the tiniest change to that first sentence has completely thrown me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep you on your toes, man. Yeah. I'm going to say. How, how are you doing, though, genuinely? This is kind I'm of doing, the point of the podcast. I'm doing really good, man. I'm doing yeah. really good. Uh, this weekend's been great. Uh, it's been filled with Comic-Con. Nice. In Telford. So that was fun. That's, yeah. Got myself uh, Ash... Gets hitched comic book. It's like nice. an extension of the Army of Darkness universe. It's not been enough for you covering every Evil Dead film ever. It's you've got to go get the comic as well. It has been so fucking fun, and it's going to get even more fun. <laughs> Maybe. So Comic Con, that's 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 relatively nerdy. It was fucking awesome. Uh, saw lots of people dressed up. Saw an Ash guy nice. dressed up as Ash. That yes. was fun. Good times. Uh, who else did we see? Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Nice. Not the Scorpion. It was a dude dressed up in like what was essentially yeah. pajamas. But well, we met Sub Zero last last Comic Con. We went yeah, to we together, did. so Scorpion would have completed the set, right? That's what I was thinking. But this man was literally. It was like a onesie. It was the, yeah. Mm, yeah. I would have gotten pajamas. a picture, but I was a little bit like, mm. do I ask a fully grown adult man for a picture of him in his pajamas? Nice. It's a. It's a. You know. It's one of them. Sounds like a full weekend. Yeah, that was the Saturday. I played Dungeons and Dragons on Sunday, so I've got oh. my fucking nerd fix for the week. <laughs> Comic Con followed by Dungeons and Dragons. Tell me more about your adult man life, Ben. Dude, I'm telling you, I am such an adult man child. I need to give a shout out to our D and D group, by the way. Stony, yeah. Emin, Brogan, Lilith, Ophelia, and of course our gorgeous DM, Mister Adam. And the DM, the DM's the one who sets all the rules about like what leather to wear and. What, we... what ball gags to <laughs> dungeon master, right? That's yeah. We're essentially living in his world, and I'm telling you, man, right? Storyteller extraordinaire. It's incredible. Each session is wildly different. Super fun, though. I can see why Dungeons and Dragons works for a sub such as yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do whilst I have a tail. Mm. <laughs> I am a dragonborn, and I'm telling, I'm having a lot of fun. Mm. It's super fun, man. You're such a twink that hasn't twigged. <laughs> How are you, man? What have you been up to? Sorry, you caught me just sort of sipping my coffee. Um, oh, yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, Eurovision this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I am an unashamed Eurovision fan. Yeah. We had a little watch along in the Discord. So uh, You did, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to turn my Discord notifications off because my phone blew up. 400 times <laughs> I just it got to a point where I was like I don't know what's happening there is no greater joy than watching the post-war devised song competition where mm -hmm. all of Europe comes together in yeah. a celebration of what makes us the same and what makes us different 
in a in the sort of way of respecting your neighbors, reaching out across borders, unity through music, watching that with a group of friends, uh, and just being incredibly mean about everyone who's trying <laughs> their best. I was waiting for the catch. I was like, this sounds way too nice for you, man. Where's the nihilism? There was a kid, I can't remember who he was from, but he he looked like a sort of I th- I, what was the term we used? A ghost of a Victorian lesbian. He had sort of like ringlety black hair. He looked like he looked like a sort of extra from Interview with the Vampire, and he was just in like a big. It was incredible. So shout out Wait, this... to Hercules Frog, Theos, CB Knight, Pumpkin, Bumpkin. We had we had a, we had a good time in the Discord. Who's the one mm-hmm. that said that Ben is a beta cook? That'll be uh, Hercules Frog, and I did right. pull them up on this and said. No, just a cuck. First, yeah, okay. First off, that's, that's very accurate. Second off, Hercules Frog, thank you for seeing me. Aww. It's nice to be appreciated for, you know, for who I am. <laughs> so what are we doing today, Ben? Today, mate, we are starting our brand new series that you have graciously brought to the Ooh, table. It's a big one. It's a fucking titan series. Mm-hmm. We're going to be covering every single... Christopher Nolan movie. Well, not every single, because we did cover the Batman movies already. So he did three movies in the DC universe for Batman. He did. We covered them. If you scroll back down to episode 100, when we did every Batman movie, we did them. Because we never thought, realistically, that we would cover the entire career of Christopher Nolan, considering he is one of the leading filmmakers of the 21st century and has grossed over $5 That's how much his films are worth. That's actually disgusting. That's not a franchise. That's not Disney. Yeah, That's just him making standalone new scripts. That's what makes it disgusting. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Well, we've been talking about how cinema lacks, you know, new stories. Everything's a reboot or a franchise or this, that or the other. And I yeah. thought, actually, that's not fair. One of my all-time favorite filmmakers makes original scripts. He does. Tries to do them in lots of different genres. I does. And has made five billion. So there is precedent for this out there. There is. There is. I'm not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. The thing with Nolan is he's been a bit hit and miss for me personally. We are doing this series yeah. ready for the release of Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. That looks fucking ridiculous. By the way, <laughs> I cannot fucking wait for that film. I think it's going to be a lot slower and a lot more gentle than the trailer makes out. Because obviously, it's about the man who invented the nuclear bomb. Famously yeah. said, "Now I am become death destroyer of worlds." Yes, and regretted his invention. But a hundred percent, I think it's going to be quite wordy for you. I will. No, see. no, 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 no. See this. Oh well, yeah, it's going to be wordy. It's going to be a fucking dyslexic nightmare. It's <laughs> Christopher Nolan, but also. I'm genuinely interested in mm. Oppenheimer. Like there was uh, a theory nice. that he has uh, that he had when he was making the bomb, and he was like, "When we push this button, there is no guarantee that this won't cause a chain reaction that mm-hmm. just continues to spread with yeah. no end in sight and just sets fire to the atmosphere." And there is no <laughs> time limit on how long that might take. And they were like, oh, "Fucking excuse me!" And then they yeah. still did it. <laughs> Like, they still did it. Like, is that not the most insane thing to be thinking about? Yeah. This might end existence, yeah. period. Give it a crack. Hit the button. Bobby, push <laughs> that button, buddy. Is everyone behind this bit of metal a little bit away? We've all got our own addictions, you know. You've got yours, I've got mine. Sure. He had nuclear bombs. It's fine. Yeah, man. Following uh, 1998 is Christopher Nolan's first ever film. 
Uh, it's a black and white uh, student film, essentially. He was at University College London studying English literature mm-hmm. and made this for a budget of £6,000. Now, that includes flights, hotels to festivals and whatnot. So essentially, this film was made for free. <laughs> Get fucked. He made it for free with his mates and his colleagues in 1998 and ended up grossing like 60 grand. Yeah, but I mean, like six grand in 1998 is like 50 grand now, right? I don't know how inflation <laughs> no, works. No, 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 it no, might no. Be that's, a million. That's, that's adjusted. What do you mean? <laughs> that's adjusted. Six grand in 1998. Six grand in today's money yeah, yeah. in 1998. Yeah, yeah. So like a was grand this film and yeah, yeah. getting it to the, the festival circuit. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I'm pretty sure anyway. Yeah. That's fucking mental. Either way, no budget. Uh, would you like to hear a synopsis from IMDb? Because I'm aware that one of the biggest filmmakers of all time, but yeah. I'm also aware that not many people have seen this film. So I feel like we should go to the internet movie database Please. to really get the lowdown on what this film is about. You ready? Mm-hmm. A young writer who follows strangers for material meets a thief. Is that the end? Yeah, there's a full stop there. That is so <laughs> fucking IMDb. I love it. It's my favorite place to get these synopsis from, man. <laughs> say it again. Sorry, say it again. A young writer who follows strangers for material meets a thief. Oh, sorry. Who takes <laughs> who takes him under his wing? There we go. Meets a thief who <laughs> takes him under his wing. Now I can tell you that's what happens in I'd say the first four minutes. So they they yeah. covered that. They've that covered is literally that. the first interaction that this man has. That is, yeah, that summed up that. What What about the rest of the film? Um, according to IMDb, never happened. Excellent, incredible. <laughs> I so love the, everything about this because IMDb don't seem to understand the concept of for the benefit of our listeners or for the benefit yeah. of people who haven't seen the film. Have you got a synopsis? Have you... I have actually written a synopsis. I've uh, I've decided. Mm. That Christopher Nolan, being Christopher Nolan, deserves my utmost efforts <laughs> to try and digest his fucking dyslexic nightmare catalogue, mm-hmm. but also deserves as much effort as I can fathom when it comes to to looking at his material and okay. bringing stuff to the table. Okay, I'm excited. This is this is going to be a synopsis of a new caliber from you. I'm okay. I'm strapping in. Yeah, I've actually tried. That's that's the new caliber is putting in minimum effort, (laughs) which is coincidentally my maximum effort. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When lonely, socially inept, unemployed writer Bill decides to start following people around London under the guise of research, he finds himself caught up with all the wrong people. A young career criminal named Cobb, who teaches him the ways and philosophies of a daytime burglar, a blonde who barely likes him but gives him just enough attention to keep him around, and a crime boss bold man, that's his name in the credits, Nice. who is hardly aware of Bill's existence but is still somehow caught in a complicated love square <laughs> with Bill? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A deliciously written, questionably acted, wordy dyslexics nightmare of a movie which, if it isn't already, deserves to be in M. Night Shyamalan's wank bank for the sheer amount of twists and (laughs) U-turns. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's a fair summation of of this movie. Um, What I love is, because it's his first film, Mm -hmm. I... uh, I, What I... 
What I love about your synopsis is because this is Christopher Nolan's first film, I was kind of watching it for a little bit of self-insert, like, oh, it's about a writer who lives in London. Sure. And I love the fact that you described our protagonist as a lonely, socially inept writer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I think you might not be too far off the mark. Look. The reason I want to do this series, and the reason... You're right, it's going to take effort, because he is Mm. a cinematic titan, and his movies are not easy watches. They're not. I've said to you many times in this podcast, Tenet is one of my favourite films he's ever done. Mm -hmm. I hated it the first time I watched it. Yeah. I didn't understand it the second time I watched it. I thought I understood it the third time. The fourth time I was like, this is the best film ever made. No, it's not the best The cleverest film ever made. Okay. Do you know um, what makes me dread Tenet? Right. That I'm going to have to watch it four times minimum mm-hmm. to get to the same conclusion that you have. But also, <laughs> I think you click onto these things quicker than I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to watch this film at least five times mm. to try no, and understand it. <laughs> it's worse than that, Ben, because you could watch it at least five times and then go, yeah, still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Okay. You've assumed you're going to get to the fifth watch and go, yeah, this is good. What if I get it on the first watch? What if I watch it once and I go, Rob, this film is... And I just drop you a little WhatsApp message and go, oh, it's a tenet. It's just this, right? I'd kill myself immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'd immediately kill myself. <laughs> because because life wouldn't make sense after that. <laughs> like, down would be up, up would be down. Oh. I would just... I'd just go, no. No, it's it's... <laughs> you you the first watch you get what the film is about sure because and this feeds into why i want to cover nolan we did uh you sell me i sell you uh film choices earlier this year yeah yeah where you were you were trying to show me the jeff Boehner movies spin me round uh, little hours mm-hmm. uh, life after beth right great series mm-hmm. and i really got into jeff Boehner's vibe to the point where i could go oh this awesome. isn't a good Boehner film for his thing right it kind of clicked on yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more we examine those films, the more depth there were. And I liken, you're right, like Nolan films are a puzzle box. And I think the reason I like them is because we were never really, we didn't have that much budget for cinema as a family. Because mm-hmm. it's like 30 quid just to watch a film. Yeah, yeah. What we'd do is we'd tape it off the TV when I was a little kid. And then as we got older, we'd do the Virgin Megastores 3 for 10 DVD bundle, right? Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so we had this big old CD wallet full of DVDs. And the films I liked the most were the ones where when you rewatched it, you got something new. Nice. Okay. And I, f- I feel like a Nolan film, the first time you watch it, there's magic and spectacle and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then every time you rewatch it, there's layers that you can peel back. And so you get more juice right. from the squeeze, right? So the first one is the event and the the big sort of like... Yeah, it's the fireworks. Yeah, the fireworks. But then after that, you see all like the gubbins. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And I always call him like a tech wizard. So like Dark Knight Rises mm-hmm. opens with um, them a plane in air yeah shot on on imax right so he's got imax cameras on a plane filming another plane right? <laughs> yeah. and then he goes take the wings off he does and the the, the the crew are like sorry and they're like take the wings off the plane <laughs> and they're like but it won't fly he's like get another plane suspended on cables <laughs> uh, what is <laughs> right and the amount of technical know-how that must go into a shot like that he puts into his scripts he puts into his lighting he puts into that they're, mm. they're trick films and so 
This one's difficult because he doesn't have any money that you don't have the visual fireworks to carry okay. you through. Yeah, yeah. Later on, you do. And there's a couple films like this where he's on a smaller budget, but you give you give Nolan you give Nolan a, a half a billion pounds, mm. and he will make you a good film. Oh, hundred percent. That makes three. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but in all fairness, I I completely respect mm. where you come from with that. The whole the rewatchability of films, especially when you have like yeah. before streaming services and stuff like this, where you had a limited option. Yeah, you had you had these fifty films. What are you going to watch? Yeah, if it's seven o'clock at night. You're not going to be able to just go, oh, should we complete Netflix and watch literally anything that was ever made? <laughs> yeah. No. You literally had your fucking, like you said, you had a CD wallet. We had a little bookshelf, right? Yep. And it was half filled with DVDs and half filled with VHS. Yep. And that was it. So I get it. The thing with Nolan for me is I like to use movies mm-hmm. as a bit of an escape from reality. Yeah. So if I've had a taxing day or if I've had like, a long week or if i'm if i'm struggling with the mental health i need like a little yeah, yeah. a little distraction a little a little bit of escapism to send me into a different world where i don't have to use my brain as much yeah yeah i struggle to do that with nolan because it is literally like sitting an exam for me <laughs> yeah yeah it's cinematic sudoku uh, yeah kind of <laughs> it's like here's all the here's all the stuff you need there's clues and hints you're going to have to put in a fair bit of work yourself to get the complete picture okay my only rebuttal to that would be that when I do a Sudoku, I yep. have a sense of achievement, like I've accomplished something. <laughs> when I watched Following, the only sense of accomplishment I got was, I got through it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't disagree with Since that. Since the credits rolled, I was like, okay. But I get where you're coming from. So mm-hmm. with the Nolan thing, he doesn't give me the escapism that I like. He gives me... Uh, it gives me bits of it with mm-hmm. the big spectacles and the fireworks, the plane dangling from another plane suspended mm-hmm. by cables, fucking mind-blowing stuff. And that is yeah, yeah. hugely entertaining. Yeah. Everything else that comes with it, yeah. which is not fault, by the way, it's just written so fucking well <laughs> that every tiny, minute detail is like a huge plot point. Yeah. And you have to be on it. Like, you have to be yeah, yeah, yeah. in it. You know what I mean? And that takes a certain amount of energy that I kind of struggle with after a long day. Yeah, totally, totally. Which is where my film choice of like Tremors, one through seven, <laughs> Ghostbusters, you know what I mean? Basket I think, case. I think, he makes, <laughs> I think he makes cinema films. And if I've schlepped yes. all the way to the cinema, yeah, 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 I 100%. expect a certain amount. I don't want to just turn my brain off and go, eh. Definitely. Like, I think it comes down to where, where and when you watch films and what you watch them for. 100%. If I've had a really long day at work, Mm-hmm. I would watch a Vin Diesel movie before I would watch a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember the one where he's got like magic blood that came out on Netflix like a year ago, Ultraviolet or some shit like that. Oh, is it the fucking... Not Riddick. No, but a perfect example. Riddick's a perfect example. I can put that on and just go, mm. I know exactly what's going to happen before it happens, and I'm just happy that it did. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk into a room, there's a barrel, you're like, that's going to explode in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See that? <laughs> but like when your brain is turned off and you're just fucking existing. Yeah, exactly. And you see the barrel, you're like, that's going to explode. And when it does, yeah. you get that tiny little brief moment of, fucking knew it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even yeah, though yeah, the, totally. the room's bare and the barrel has explosives written yeah. all over it. Yeah. So this film, I agree with you. It He didn't have any money. So it's every location is either a friend's house a friend's place of work, or the street. I love that. 
It's all shot handheld, um, with the exception of the opening, because he was... <laughs> I got the handheld thing, buddy. <laughs> Fuck me, I got motion sickness about two-thirds of the way into this film. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ. He does need to check himself for Parkinson's at an early age, because my guy cannot hold a camera still. <laughs> it's either that, or he just needs to you know, like learn to walk a little quicker, because at points, it was like he was jogging after a slow-walking <laughs> actor, and it was like, I don't know... <laughs> the gym routine at this point in his life but fuck me mate come on this, i'm just going to just going to quickly check his height <laughs> <laughs> i'm just wondering if he's just got little legs no no he is a giant how tall he is 6 foot 4 jesus christ he's probably crouching to get the shot he needs that's what it is oh that is it yeah <laughs> he's squat walking yeah <laughs> He's crab walking down the street yeah. to try and keep up with it. <laughs> so I watched an interview with him and he was saying, you know, they had two cameras. One was a, one was a fucking mechanical wind-up Bolex, right? Wow. Um, shot on black and white because with the speed they were working, they could only shoot the film on Saturdays because everyone had full-time jobs. Okay. So they'd all get together on a Saturday, shoot 15 minutes worth of the film, and then he'd edit it during the week and then they'd shoot the next 15 minutes. Jesus Christ, that must have taken an age, man. Right. He was he was editing it on two video players because it was analog. There was no he didn't have Premiere Pro on his laptop. Like we slap out TikToks left, right, and center. He's there, got two VCRs. He's like, right, if I hit play and pause at the right time, I can record it down to the third one. That is a fucking nightmare to be doing that like <laughs> right? in between a full time job. Right? He's got um he's got no zoom lenses, so if he wants to to someone to be bigger in the frame. He's just got to walk closer to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and cleverly, he knew that this was all going to combine into a film that looked ropey AF, right? Yeah. And so he sets the first six minutes uh, voiceover because he can control the sound. Yeah, yeah. And it's an interior shot on a dolly, which is the only not handheld bit of the film because he was like, if I can get the first six minutes of people sat in a cinema with this looking and sounding like a real film. Oh, my God. <laughs> They'll trust me for the rest of it when it gets mad ropey. That is actually fucking genius. Also, sums <laughs> up entirely why I have trust issues with literally everything. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so fucking clever. Mm. Because that's exactly what happened to me. Like, for the first mm -hmm. 15, 20 minutes of this film, I was in it. And I was yeah. like fuck me for a first film he's done all right yeah. you know and then about a third of the way and i'm like mm. yeah gets gets oh. rough right how long is this <laughs> <laughs> oh man when i saw the runtime i was like hour and ten oh my god it's basically Easy. a short movie yeah, and by the time the credits rolled i was like thank fuck yeah dude i was the same man i don't know what happens or at what point it happens mm. But this one hour, 10 movie turns into a three hour saga. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You could market yeah, yeah, it yeah, totally. as like the director's extended edition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Put a runtime yeah. of three hours and no one would ever question that you were lying. Oh, absolutely not. I think yeah. the, um, the handheld stuff contributes because again, like you say, you get the motion sickness, the sound and the fact that the sound is all camera sound. So it's rough at times, really rough at times. Times it's rough. Other times it's shockingly good, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, except for there's a point where uh, our protagonist, which we'll call who we'll call Bill, because that's a, a fake name he uses at one point. There's a point in this film where Bill, the protagonist, drops some pans as he's like trying to break into a, a business. Oh yeah, and it is the most comical 
yeah. Warner Brothers pan <laughs> sound effect. Even to the point where it cuts off just before the pans. It's like, beep. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It is actually fantastic. And this is this is while he's breaking into a safe full of like money that would look more realistic if it had the Monopoly man where the queen should go. <laughs> Why was the money? It was like, it was all paper notes, but it was like they'd been wet and hair dried. I think it's because he didn't, I think they started making prop money and they got right. about two hours into it and they're like, this is going to take fucking ages. Yeah. How can we make this look like a lot of money? They're like, we'll just make the stack bigger. What if I just crinkle it up? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It did work. I mean, there were yeah. stacks. It looked like there was about £55 in each stack. <laughs> and there was far too many fivers. I don't think anyone puts fivers in a stack. You know yeah, what I mean? He's, he's stealing from a sort of known pornographer and sex club owner. So maybe the idea is that they've all just been scrunched up to fit in a butthole. Oh, uh, then there you go. It tracks. There we go. It completely See, Nolan, makes sense. Man. See, Nolan only makes sense with context. Christopher and fucking Nolan. Christopher that's, fucking Nolan. That's his, that's his sound. That's his theme tune, by the way. Christopher call- fucking Nolan. The music video is just sort of like Van Halen on top of a mountain. How did so? Yeah, okay. I've gone on at length about the technical marvel of this film. Yeah, how oh, I think it's a, a fucking huge achievement. This is just some guy with a camera, and he makes yeah. this film that makes sixty grand on the festival circuit. Insane. But we did also mention it was a hard watch. So, right. I'm going to get into it a little bit. Yeah. I'm not shitting on this film at all, right? Because A, this film deserves your respect. Mm. Whether you've seen it or not, it's the birthplace yeah. of the Batman movies that he's done. Yeah. Inception, everything else. Inception. Into fucking Stella, for fuck's sake. This is where <laughs> it all started. This film deserves your respect. Yeah. It's a tough watch. It is gloriously written. The dialogue in this film is incredible. At times, at other times, it reads a little bit like a play. Like it, it, it's a, it's a bit. It's delivered theatrically. I'll give you that. Yes, the delivery of the dialogue. Can the delivery be. of the dialogue is 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 very theatrical in places, but the conversations between the characters mm. are conversations that you would hear walking down the street of London, sitting in a cafe in London. Mm-hmm. You would hear people talking the way that these characters talk. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think to do that for your first film and do it so fucking well, because I got I got lost in the dialogue. It it never even occurred to me mm-hmm. that these people are talking like people. Yeah. It never once occurred to me that. Like normally in films, I'm like, people wouldn't say that. Who fucking talks like this? Do you know what I mean? Not once. There's that sense of heightened reality that comes with a film where yeah. everyone everyone's reply is pithy and witty and like yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect yeah. and then someone snaps back immediately with a really clever like the the reply that you think of 20 minutes later when you're walking home you're like fuck i should have said, said that yeah 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 that doesn't happen in this film it's very naturalistic exactly although i i do think that's part of the reason it feels so long Hundred percent. I think that's that heightened reality dialogue gets me to the end, having had a better time. Definitely. Whereas this, you're like, yeah, it's like eavesdropping on people. Yeah, yeah. it is. Except I'm watching a film of eavesdropping on people, and it's all handheld. Exactly. So, and I'm sure it's an intentional thing to make you feel like a voyeur, but also, <laughs> hurry up, mate. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 You, dude, you're entirely right. I fucking I adore people watching. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm flying anywhere, sitting in the airport. And just mm. sort of like paying attention to what's happening. People landing at arrivals coming through. It's, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. 
you make up these entire stories and backgrounds and shit, right? Nolan doesn't do that. He just gives it you, but he gives mm-hmm. you such sort of like calm, mm-hmm. common tour <laughs> that you're like, oh my god, there's nothing, there's nothing here for me for me to like run away with and be sort of like, and it, there's nothing fantastical. You know no. what I mean? No. Which is both incredible mm-hmm. and a little bit. Dull. <laughs> a little bit dull. Yeah. Because yeah. you could just walk down the street and hear this yourself, right? That's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. Like, why am I why am I watching this as a film? I can just go to my high street. Yeah, yeah. It's like watching a film about bird watching when you could just mm. be sitting on your front porch bird watching. And I found it difficult to well, I did I find it difficult to relate to the protagonist, Bill as we're calling him. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue this. Right. I related to Bill and I've I've met people that remind me of Bill. And I think at some point in all of our lives, we can mm. all relate to Bill. So Bill is this fucking desperately lonely, mm. longing for interaction, naive and vulnerable, fucking just cowering, almost like a wounded puppy mm. of a man, right? Yeah, I th- yes, yes. Sorry, go on. Yes, He's, got a- He is desperate to find his place mm-hmm. or find himself in to be part of something bigger. This is why he yeah. starts doing, this the is why following. he starts following around uh, people around mm. London because he needs to, he wants to feel like he belongs, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter whether they know that he's a part of their life. It's him knowing that he's a part of their life. Yeah. And their daily routine is almost enough, right? Yeah, it's 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 something to do. And I exactly I think, I think that where where I struggled relating to Bill is he's not self-aware enough to be conscious of his own loneliness. He just thinks he's bored. Yes. He's like, oh, I was just bored, so I just started doing it. I mean, he doesn't, yes. He's not even cognizant of how vulnerable he is. God, and this is the point, man. Vulnerable is the key word there. He's so mm. fucking vulnerable that he, he's willing to put his trust mm. in these people, like Cobb <laughs> yeah, and the Blonde, yeah. that, that are so obviously untrustworthy <laughs> people. <laughs> what, a burglar is not trustworthy? What? A career criminal and a former might have been escort who's being exploited by a bold crime boss yeah they seem great and they just want to hang out with you for your dazzling wit exactly (laughs) but because he's not self-aware enough um, Mm. he's willing to put his trust in these people and just be taken advantage of even though it's painfully obvious that he's being taken advantage of he's still willing to do it for some heartbreaking reason and some just primal need Mm. to feel any sort of acceptance Okay, that I can relate to. There's, there's the a lot of the early part of this film is shot in Soho in London, where I used yeah. to work. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating because the club that um, they go to, I've been in. I had my thirtieth birthday party. I think was in that club. Is this the sex club that the blonde works at? Yes, fantastic. And the, the, where he has we're just ending that story there. Yeah. Oh, I spent my thirtieth <laughs> birthday party in a sex club in Soho. So then it's I n- went it's for not a that anymore. It's not that anymore. It's oh. it's now like a bougie cocktail bar. Oh, well, that's way yeah. less exciting. I, feel. Yeah, I know. Right. Mate, everything changes in London within like a two-year turnaround time, okay. which is why which is why I no longer love it, because the London I love, long gone. Okay, that's um, fair. But, but watching the sort of city streets that I've literally walked on and felt like, oh, wow, I'm surrounded by seven million people and I've never been so alone, I, I related to that. Yeah, that's why I moved out of London. Yeah. I couldn't hack it, man. I did one year of uni. With you, <laughs> and honestly, mate, even on my days off, I was in a rush to do mm. nothing. Yeah. I was running for tubes that are literally every two and a half minutes, and I was yeah. still running for it. Yeah, same. 
and I had no fucking Madness. there was no interaction on a on a, like a basic human level with with anyone. Oh god, else. no, no, because anyone trying to interact with you is trying to con you, and that's what that's what yeah. Bill doesn't get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trust issues, dude. Yeah, <laughs> this is where it all comes from. Yeah, no, there is there's a there's a very sort of relatable relatable depth there. I don't think it's explored or sort of shown so much in this film, but that's because I don't think he again there was no budget. There's no budget, and also I think. Again, because Nolan is a cinema director rather than a movie director. Yeah. He's giving the audience enough room to infer that on their walk home. Yeah, definitely. It's the, the, the themes that you think about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also hard to make a movie about being lonely and bored in London without making a very lonely and boring film, which I think, in a way, this kind of can tend yeah. towards being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, man. <laughs> definitely. We've got Bill. Who's obviously the the lonely protagonist, um, but then we also have Cobb. Mm. I had a bit of trouble with the characters in this because, right. like you said, very theatrical. Uh, lots of them aren't named. And they're not named. Lots of, lots of theatrics. Lots of mm-hmm. sort of over the top. There's elements that are like wildly underacted, which didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Again, uh, sometimes they they you're watching dialogue from two people that, and they just sound incredibly bored. Yeah, and you're uh, like, well, if you're bored, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's contagious, man. So it's like uh, I am really struggling to pay attention mm-hmm. to what you're saying because you are really <laughs> struggling to pay attention to what you're saying. <laughs> you just want this to end. I just want this to end. We're in this together. There's the yeah. relatability. I don't think that's a good thing to have, but there's still an element there. Yeah. the The main bit that got me is the the crime boss, bold bold man, the bold he's credited, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he made great life choices. No. In his crime boss career. No. So the ultimate <laughs> conceit of this film, because it's got like 7,000 twists, yeah. is that the burglar that Bill, our protagonist, has been shadowing and learning stuff from is framing him for murder. Yes. And it's the murder of the blonde woman. Who is part of this love square. Because she witnessed a murder by the bald man. <laughs> yeah. And with that, the only reason that she witnessed the murder mm. of that the bald man committed is because the bald man took the victim to the blonde's house, <laughs> sat her on the windowsill, and then proceeded to very like nonchalantly murder this man with the <laughs> claw end of a hammer. But when it was done, it was like it was like, oh well, that's done. Um croissants anyone should we head to a calf what are we saying what's everyone got on for the rest of the day now that sticky mess is out of the way he did the crime equivalent of dropping his flies waving it in her face being like don't look you pervert oh <laughs> stop it stop it oh god i feel so violated how dare you witness my crime that i've just committed in your living room sit on that windowsill and watch this claw hammer enter this man's skull bah don't you dare blackmail a young lady i will kill you <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's just poor it, life choices, man. I mean, how blinded by your own ego can you be? I mean, as a, I get like the whole, you know, the crime boss, the incentive, yeah, yeah, inflated ego and all this stuff. But fuck me, man, there's got to be a limit. There's got to be a yeah. She won't testify. It's fine. She won't testify. I've got pictures of her in my safe. <laughs> Except for you, don't know, do you? No, and no, she will just... testify. Cobb was a difficult character for me. Cobb, the thief that um that Bill follows around and it, and is ultimately going to frame Bill for murder. Um, Cobb on the page, mm-hmm. I think is a great character. Okay. I'm not entirely sure the actor uh, who plays him gave Cobb the right anything. 
I'm gonna There's a lot of scenes where I'm like, oh, this is this is poor acting. Okay. I fully get where you're coming from. <laughs> and I know the scenes that you're on about. Yeah. Cobb was probably my favorite actor in this entire film. Re- actor, not character. Actor. actor and character. Right. Cobb is the career criminal, right? Mm-hmm. I think he plays every opportunity that he has mm-hmm. expertly. I think he does it almost perfectly. No one in this film gets mm-hmm. anything that they're after. Mm-hmm. Except for him. Except for Cobb. Who gets everything he's after. Who gets everything that he's, he gets everything right every time. Yeah. And he does it in a way that makes it look like he's fucked it up or he's, yep. he's, he's doing like a basic betrayal or like a, a little slight of hand. But then when you get to the end and you realize mm-hmm. that the career criminal Cobb who was drawn Bill into this world to frame him for murder, yep. for the murder of the blonde who he's also brought into this world and yep. orchestrated those two. She thinks he's framing Bill for a theft. Exactly. So she helps, she helps Cobb orchestrate her own murder. Yes. That is fucking insane that Cobb can pull that off. Yeah, yeah. He he is like a true puppet master. The bald yeah. guy has no fun. I don't think he fully understands what Cobb is. No. I don't think he understands who Cobb is. And the reason that I say that he's my favorite actor in this entire film, there is one moment right. that sold me on him for the rest of the film. And I was like, it's not even about, it's not even questionable anymore. I cannot even question it. They're, they are, Cobb and Bill are mm-hmm. committing a burglary. But he wants people to know that he's been there, and it's yeah. almost like he wants to be seen, but mm. not caught for what he's doing. Yeah, I think he does that to draw Bill in because he totally. knows that Bill is desperate to be seen and desperate for the you know oh, like he's longing to be yeah. seen as this person, and he he needs his he needs to find his place. He just invents the narrative that that he, Bill can understand oh God, and relate he to. Caters the philosophies of burglary, yeah, to suit Bill's needs. On the fucking oh, fly. That's incredible. But they're they're doing he's doing this mm. in in the in this apartment and this woman comes home yep. with an elderly gentleman who is in none of the photos <laughs> in that apartment, yeah. right? So they have they Bill and Cobb both have their faces seen by the woman who owns this apartment. Yeah. Cobb pretends to be an estate agent. He's just sort of like, oh shit. I'm a state agent. We're, we're showing the, the place around. Mm. Don't worry about it. Bill's gone. As he's, he's walking out. Himself. Yeah, he's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. seen himself out. He's super calm, super collected. Sorry, I'll get in touch with the agency and let them know. Don't worry about it. You crack on. Shuts the door. And he's so fucking self-confident in himself that, that she is cheating on her partner. That yeah. It doesn't even phase him. He's like, well, yeah. what's she going to do? He's not in the photos and he didn't try and defend the, and the home. So yeah. he, he, was, he was off guard. Clearly not his house. How is she going to explain that to her partner? Yeah. Cobb's covered himself and he's completely fine with it. Bill, on the other hand, still very new to this, is shitting bricks. Cobb takes him to a restaurant and to celebrate, you know, they're, they're learning the burglary business. It's like weeks later, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're celebrating a, a win or a couple of jobs that they've been yeah, doing yeah. recently on a stolen credit card, right? Yeah. And at that moment, the woman that walked into her apartment when they were burglarizing it. Yep. Burglarizing it? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Is that a word? You got it, boo. You're all good. Fucking A, man. Bit of self-confidence. Dyslexia zero, Ben <laughs> one. Yeah. Uh, when they were burglarizing her apartment, she walks into the restaurant. Bill is not happy. Cobb, we need to get the fuck out of here, man. We need to get out. He's, he's going to catch us. We're going to catch us. We're going to get caught. We're going to get caught. Yeah, She's yeah. going to fucking say something, man. He's putting on his coat. Is this something that Cobb's like, mm. sit the fuck down. Stop causing a scene. 
she's with her partner. That's a different mm. person. She cannot tell him that we were robbing her yeah. without telling him that she's cheating on him. Yeah. Which do you think is going to happen first? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't take anything. We just messed around some stuff. Just fucked around with some stuff. So yeah. Bill's freaking out and causing a bit of scene, which is the only reason that Cobb agrees to leave the restaurant, mm-hmm. right? And on the way out of the restaurant, Cobb, this is the moment that sold me on Cobb, by the way. Right. Cobb grabs Bill and goes, don't you ever fucking drag me out of a restaurant before I've had my coffee ever again. <laughs> and I was like, it was that tiny little thing of him wanting a nice fancy coffee after mm-hmm. a nice fancy meal. I was like, yes, Cobb. Yeah, relatable. 100% agree with you. If anyone is ever rushing me out of a restaurant, I will <laughs> neck a fucking scalding espresso yeah. over not having a coffee after dinner. Just to have had that fancy coffee. Yeah. 10 times out of 10, I would rather burn my mouth mm-hmm. than not have the coffee. I 100% agreed with him. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. And he delivers it in such a way where he's like, I don't give a fuck about you mm. or your neuroses or your worries or your little bullshitty. Oh, I want to belong somewhere. I want my fucking coffee. <laughs> Never do that again. And I was like, that's perfect. It's It's incredible. I, uh, I've got a game, Ben. Give me the game. So Christopher Nolan is well known for doing fractured narratives. <laughs> He's well known for doing twisty turny, right? Yep. Admittedly, too much twisty turny in this film. I think he was trying a little too hard to be what he was going to eventually become. I'll, I'll agree with that. I think it needed to happen because look what he did become. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this film is very much like, oh, we'll get to it, the game. What if Christopher Nolan wrote Tremors? Ooh. You want the plot? Yeah. How would Christopher Nolan write Tremors? Okay. Oh, I like this game. Right. Okay. So in the frontier times, Mm -hmm. when perfection was, you know, still a a young settlement. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, admittedly, it's still not a big one. <laughs> but, <this laughs> but young. Is, it's, it's young. Yeah, it's fresh. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Bacon's father mm-hmm. decides to go out on a on a frontier mission right? for the benefit of the town. Yep. Gather supplies, mm-hmm. help bring in more stuff. When he falls into a wormhole. Right. Literal, literal wormhole. A yeah. literal wormhole. Get it? Mm-hmm. disappearing for generations upon end different dimension entirely right. the film is Kevin Bacon's father trying to work his way back to meet his <laughs> long lost son give him a hug cannot transcend into back into our dimension yep. but manages to surrogate his way in through the guise of a giant worm yeah no that's very the graboids. Nolan. and the graboids are just trying to reach out to a long lost son <laughs> but they just keep getting blown up just give him a hug just, just give him a hug just want to okay yeah no I'm down with that I um Thanks. I got one for Alien give me the one for Alien um the Nostromo yeah the floating spaceship surrounded by the inky blackness of nothingness in space mm-hmm. is a metaphor for Ripley's mind okay the crewmates are aspects of her personality <laughs> Okay. And the xenomorph represents the insidious growth of racism in her mind. It's a pervasive <laughs> idea that infects and breeds 
And Alien 1979 is actually an extended metaphor for an elderly relative watching Fox News. <laughs> oh my God, that's fucking incredible. It kind of sounds like, what the fuck is that film where it's you see all the emotions? Inside Out. <laughs> Inside Out, that's the one. Yeah. This is yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Alien is just a prequel for Inside Out. <laughs> oh, that's actually incredible. That caught me so off guard. <laughs> what are you rating um 1998's Christopher Nolan directed following? Right. I am going to rate this. I'm going to rate this based on I can't rate it on my normal rating system, which is how much fun did I have watching this film? Right, yeah. Because I'm not going to lie to you, it's a, it's a tough watch. Uh, mate, I'm the same. I, this was not a fun watch for me. Again, got to the credits, a, a big sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm going to rate this on is how much respect it deserves and how important a piece of cinema this is mm-hmm. in relation to the, the history of cinema. Yeah, yeah. Because without this film, yep. it, we're minus five billion, <laughs> a $5 billion turnover director, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So based on that scale... I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. Because it's important. It oversteps a lot of boundaries. I think it does thing. It does the twisty turns a little too much. Yes. <laughs> very much. He's but it really trying. <laughs> He's really trying. But I think with that came, okay, now I see my boundaries. Yeah. Now I yeah, see yeah, where yeah. I could have drawn the line. Yep. And it might have benefited the, the end user experience, which is fucking great. So I'm going to give it yeah. a six. I, I agree with you. I think... I'm a big fan of spaghetti bolognese, mm. right? Made with really lovely fresh tomatoes cooked down over a long time, period of time. Mm. I'm aware that in order to get to that point, at some point, I will need a tomato plant. Yes. But if you served me a tomato plant, <laughs> yes, just as is, yeah. I'd be a little underwhelmed. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's a fucking great analogy. That is great. And I'm so like you. I'm glad this exists. I'm I'm shocked and in awe that a film student at University College, no, an English literature student at University College London, managed to make this film for free. Yeah, that's fucking mental. And have it make sixty grand at the festival circuit. That means I appreciate it. I admire it. Yeah. But I don't enjoy it. Okay. Fully agree. It's like a recent Bjork album. That is very clever clap 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 but i'm not going to put it on in the car 100 <laughs> percent agree with that last analogy <laughs> holy shit that was poignant uh we've got a competition on ben could we you do. uh yeah. we do we have a contest live right now in our discord that you mm-hmm. dear listener can enter for free all you need to do is click the link in our bio head through to our discord server click on the contest text channel where you will see a lovely photo of ben it's actually a very good photo of you thank you with the caption haven't twigged i'm a twink because (laughs) you play dungeons and dragons underneath a dungeon master and have a tail yeah just react to that all you need to do all you need to do is put a reaction on that post and you will be in automatically entered into a prize draw to win the Evil Dead Necker figurine, Ultimate, Ultimate Ash. Ash. I'm very sad to be letting this go, buddy. I am very sad to be letting it go. My favorite thing about having bought this figurine and letting mm-hmm. you have it for this many weeks mm-hmm. is that it's eventually you're going to lose it. 
Well, that is a deeply unsettling <laughs> gift giving. <laughs> got a new se- got a new segment as well. Would you like to hear the new segment? Give me the new segment, man. We, uh, as well as running competitions and having a podcast and all this sort of stuff, we have mm-hmm. we are very active on um, Instagram and TikTok. We reply to every comment. We do, and we we put up a post uh, almost every day. We do. Now we get some comments. We get some comments on there, and some of them are incredible. Oh, guys, it's the so new wanna, segment reading right? out comments that we get on social media. Yeah. Yes, buddy. So on a recent post uh, on our Matrix Resurrections episode, mm-hmm. uh, we highlighted the clip where we talk about Morpheus and how he gets done dirty and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. An English muffin on TikTok commented. I love Neo, but 100% show me the story of Morpheus leaving the Matrix and slowly starting to believe. Oh my God. Morpheus Origins. Morpheus Origins, mate. Holy... How much would you watch that? I just got goosebumps by thinking (laughs) of the amount of research that Morpheus would be doing in like old, old, sweaty Mm -hmm. cave libraries. Like just dusty books, scouring them all, literally just sort of... Ancient texts. Yep. But imagine how that would go, though, in the Matrix, with, in the Matrix the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Slams the book down, turns a page. Bum, 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 turn a page. Bum, 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 another page. Bum, 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 turn a page. Bum, 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 bum. And then it's just him sort of, there's lots of like slow motion bullet time shots of him putting Incredible. his glasses on and turn, like taking them off to check a word, putting them back on. Yeah, I'm here for that. Give now, me that fucking film. On uh, a recent highlight clip where we talked about uh, Thanos and the yeah. u- uni- multiversal sort of loss of stakes. Yeah. Someone here has written, I also hate the multiversal stuff they're doing, but only because it's played out at this point. Multiversal stuff has been a thing in comics for decades, so that aspect has never bothered me. I don't see it as making everything I watch pointless because I didn't and don't care about those alternatives where they failed or things went different. I'm not watching, reading or witnessing those stories I'm witnessing this one. That's from the Rage Cage on Instagram. That is a great point. Yeah, I'll I, like. I'll fully see where he's coming from. One hundred percent. We are. We're only invested in characters from you know the timeline that we're watching. We'd, yeah. The only the only problem I have with that is is if you look at certain characters, Gamora is my prime example. Is that she's back? It's not our Gamora, but it's Gamora. but it is Gamora. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. And that's that's fine. So the sense of loss that I had mm. for Gamora is now dissipated drastically, and I'm like, oh, there's Gamora. They did they did miss a trick because they should have brought Gamora back from the multiverse, but have it be Ghidorah, exactly the same, <laughs> exactly the same character, and and crucially, still in love with Peter Quill. Yeah, but but Ghidorah. <laughs> but like that's that'd be fucking great. That would have been great. Hundred percent. That's a great comment, though, man. I love yeah, shit like that. Exactly. Well, that's all we've got time for. Um, thank you for joining us. We love each and every one of you dearly. We really fucking do. Uh, we're going to dive into every Nolan movie ever, uh, and we're going to have Ben's pick in between. Do you have you picked yet, Ben? Do you know? Do you know where we're going? Well, next week we've got Evil Dead Rise, which will round mm. out our Evil Dead series. And I'm I mean, so excited. I, oh, dude. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh no! Don't say that. No, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. All right, it's all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. in the meantime, consume. 
I might, I don't know, I've got no fucking clue what we're doing after Evil Dead Buddy, if I'm honest with you. I'm gonna have to, I'll tell you what I'll do. Bum, 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 turn a page. Bum, 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 another page. Bum, 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 turn a page. Bum, 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 bum.